Hello, everyone. Welcome to You, Me, Them, Everybody. My name is Brandon Weatherby. This episode with Stephanie Hounds is all about Drag Race UK Season 2. We just witnessed a very odd episode. It's our first episode back post-coronavirus, even though we're in the midst of coronavirus. They took some time for coronavirus reasons, and they're back. And uh, in this episode, you'll find out that both Stephanie and I are uh, big Lawrence Chaney stands, and we see big and bright things for that drag queen's future. Some not big and bright things. That's a weird way to transition to a beg for money, but we have a Patreon account now. Please consider donating at youmethemeverybody.com. It's in this podcast description. It's on our About page. There's lots of tiers to donate, and 100% of that money will go back into the show. Maybe when the world reopens, we won't have to do that, but similar to the drag queens on Drag Race, both classic and UK, there ain't no gigs, baby, so this is what we're doing. Here's the show. We were supposed to talk a lot earlier than we did, except this season premiered about a week after the insurrection at the Capitol. <laughs> so everything yeah. in my life, specifically because I live in Washington, D.C., wasn't necessarily put on hold. Just uh, it didn't it didn't feel right, if that makes sense. You didn't feel you should be celebrating the art of drag while there was an insurrection taking place? Well, I was literally talking to Lisa Traeger while the insurrection was going on and didn't realize the scope of it until, no joke, like 48 hours later. Oh, my God. Yeah, I remember I texted you during it, and you, I was like, uh, how's it going? And you were like, I'm podcasting with Joe McAdam. <laughs> yeah, I, I did, too. I did one with Joe McAdam and then one with Lisa, both of which were, like, fun and fancy for it. You know, um, that I read that room incorrectly. It's sort of like... <laughs> The, the only comparison I could that I think is apt is uh, hearing about 9/11 but only hearing about that one to- that one plane crash in Pennsylvania. Oh yeah and being like, oh, it was an accident <laughs> And then three days later being like, oh, well I read that I, mean, I was wrong. That might be a better way to live through it. I don't oh, ba- no, I would disagree because I still live here and you know what my wife does. it was the it was the wrong call. That being said, was it more inappropriate for me to not understand the scope of the insurrection or more inappropriate for the almost all of the queens to have plastic surgery done in their seven months of quarantine? Who got anything done other than Sister Sister? I couldn't figure I it out. I think everyone got something done except for um, my favorite Lawrence. and probably most everyone's favorite, Lawrence Cheney. I love Lawrence Cheney. Lawrence Cheney's great. Lawrence Cheney is maybe the only one that could also compete on American Drag Race. Oh, yeah. I don't know. Although I'm taking that back. I'm looking at the lineup now. I think Bimini could, and unfortunately, I think Tace might be able to. Veronica Green is my, uh, she was great. Let's recap everything. Stephanie, you're the one who turned me on to Drag Race UK. Um, I am only watching it because you are kind enough to be open with your world of wonder account and i appreciate that you're a good human being and i think that drag race uk season two until last week was hands down better than drag race classic edition yeah i'm enjoying it a lot more i think Although, i mean this is a pretty good u.s season hear me out please explain to me why you were enjoying it more than the u.s season uh, it feels more, well, actually a couple reasons. I think I felt this way very strongly with UK season one, 
and to some extent season two, which is that it, it feels more like the earlier drag race seasons. Like it feels scrappier. They're, they're the queens are hungrier. They want it more. Um, but last night I was really struck by how talented the queens are. Like I think as a whole they tend to come in with more skills. They're better actresses. They're better singers. They're better dancers. You know, speaking broadly. Mm-hmm. It's difficult to disagree with that, but I think it's remarkably more difficult to make it to the U.S. version. Oh, absolutely. So you might be able to have, you might have more tools in your arsenal, but you're never going to be the best at anything unlike the U.S. Queens. Does that make sense? Hmm. Like, who was the first person that went home? She's a Chicago queen from this current season of Drag Race America. Uh, Kamora Hall. Could you, could any of these queens from Drag Race UK season two hold a candle to any of Kamora's outfits? Uh, maybe taste, but maybe. Yeah, that's what I mean. No, no one, the, no one literally has a Bob Mackie gown. Exactly, that's first eliminated. That's nuts. Yeah, it's pretty wild. So it feels like we're. It is. It's like a permanent all stars for Drag Race Classic. Oh, that's interesting. Like the level of quality. The fact that the UK and the Canadian versions exist make it so much clearer to me that the American version is so much better. That being said, and when I say better, I mean the performances from the Queens. That being said, I am enjoying this show more than classic edition because I think you're 100% right. It feels more like the early seasons of Drag Race. They are scrappier. They're hungrier. They're... In the UK, they're literally playing for nothing. They're playing to work with the producers of World of Wonder, which is not necessarily a yeah. helpful thing whatsoever. And no, it's so sad. The Canadian version, which I loved, and it still has my favorite set of the, all of the drag races. Uh, none of them could even come close to making it on American Drag Race. Hmm, that could be true. I had, I guess, I hadn't thought of that. I don't know. I feel like American Drag Race, I, it's become so much about the fashion for me and so mm-hmm. much about who can scavenge enough money to buy nice outfits that I'm getting a little bit bored of that. Yeah, and who's the who's the very, very young queen on season two of UK? Ellie Diamond, who works at essentially like a McDonald's? Yes. And her looks are... Some of the best, and her makeup is almost on par with Trixie during Trixie's initial run. She's like the youth figure. She's the future of drag. Money doesn't seem to be an issue. Like, Ellie is doing really cool stuff with seemingly very little. I don't know their budget whatsoever, obviously. But it seems like you're right. The, the, these queens are doing something a little bit differently than the than the American queens. Yeah, and... I, I, I guess the runways are not that important to me. I, I don't know. It's it's always fun when you see a good outfit. Like, I loved Joe Black's outfit last night. I thought that was amazing. Uh, I'm bummed to see Joe Black go again. Um, but, yeah, is that is that the best part of Drag Race for me? Probably not. Like, I'm not, I'm not necessarily watching it to see, to get my mind blown by fashion. Yeah, why are you watching Drag Race? Oh God, that's a great question. <laughs> I think that's changed over time. I mean, when I first got into it, uh, you know, I got it was an antidepressant. 
Uh, I was consuming Drag Race medicinally. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's got it's got positive vibes. It's got messages about community and about uh, fighting through adversity. Um, and it's funny and weird. Uh, uh, yeah, I don't know. That's so hard to put my finger on because it's not like it's not like I I love a musical. Although the musical was pretty good. Like rats, I loved that. Veronica Green, she shined. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, like the challenges aren't necessarily producing quality content, but they're fun to watch. Here, this might be a better question. Why did you Why did you want to be a stand up when you were doing stand up? Why did you pursue that art form? Uh God, I mean, it was always something that I wanted to do. And okay, but why? Like, why did you? Like, why was it always something you wanted to do? Because it feels good to make people laugh. There you go. That's pure. That's simple. It's obviously there. And I think for a lot of these queens at the end of the day, at the end of the day, what a horrible, pointless statement. They're doing it for the exact same reason. It makes people feel good. Yeah. And it's wonderful to see that. And so I'm a big fan of this comedy journalist. And he wrote a piece this week that tied a lot of strings to like the QAnon alt-right movement to stand up specifically stand up in New York. Right. And I love that piece and he did an amazing job with it. And it made me remember all of the reasons why I don't like comedy clubs and I don't like the structure of comedy. And I think that what initially drew me to drag race was I got all that joy that I would get from watching late night sets, but I didn't have to deal with any of the people that would ever go to a comedy club. Does that make sense? Yeah, it actually does. Yes. Yeah. When I first started watching it, I did get that hit of like, oh, I'm experiencing something subversive and something that not everybody is into, Mm -hmm. which is a a feeling that you get when you go to a comedy show. But also, yeah, there are a lot of horrible things about it. You have to, you have to like give up the idea of sleep. You have to accept being around uh, toxic men constantly. And I mean, what is drag race if not that? What the the rejection of that? Or no, the, the, no, it's the, the embrace. embrace it's it blatantly that. But unlike comedy, you can't be a you can be a really really shitty drag queen and still stick around. But it requires so much more effort. Like oh yeah, when I first met you, I think the unofficial uniform for every stand up comic in Chicago for at least the dudes was like jeans of questionable smell and a hoodie. That's not your typical queen. We're at the exact same time I was going to drag shows in Chicago and they're like, they're made up to the nines. Is that even a same phrase at like a 5 PM happy hour martini show? You know what I mean? Yeah. The, the, the barrier to entry is higher. You can't yeah, just, so that's maybe that's what like initially drew me in. And that's kind of what UK and Canada is giving me that the current versions of classic isn't. It's just, it feels like how how it used to be for me. Yeah, that makes sense. But yeah, they feel like you could go to the club and see these see these queens. Well, the thing that's even weirder is like I love both Chicago Queens in the in the regular edition. They were performing very until the pandemic down the street from where you live. Sure. I mean, I'm I'm assuming I'm three miles away, essentially. But like, yeah, yeah. you could have seen them most every night 
probably for free. Yes. But it doesn't feel as, I don't know, it doesn't feel as scrappy as this, even though it's incredibly scrappy. I don't know where I'm going with this. I'm just trying to say that I'm enjoying UK. I mean, live drag definitely feels scrappy. Yeah. But yeah, then suddenly they make it on TV and it's a whole different thing. I'm. What's your dominant emotion whilst watching the show? Hmm. Or do you are you are you watching it without emotion and it's giving you it's allowing you to to divorce yourself from the day to day? I think sometimes it's that. Sometimes it just feels fun, but that's not an emotion, right? I guess there's yeah, an element maybe, of joy. Maybe emotion wasn't the best word there but it, it, it's fun you're you're having fun the reason why i wanted to talk about this is because last night was the first post or not post because we're in the middle of it it was the first pandemic episode so this season's what first five episodes first four episodes yeah first four episodes were done in like december january february something like that and then they had to put the show on pause for seven months due to the coronavirus Unlike the U.S. version, which began after, there's a clear difference between pre and post. And did it was it jarring to you? Was it as enjoyable? Do you think they should have canceled it? How how do you feel about episode five in our current reality? I feel okay that they went back to it. I mean, mm-hmm. obviously. Obviously, the the ideal state is none of us are doing anything until this is resolved and the government is printing money and giving it to everybody. See, I disagree um, with you on that. I think the <laughs> ideal state is cruise ship drag race. <laughs> okay, but that being said, you know, we can't we can't yeah, get yeah, that yeah. ideal state. So if they if they figured out a way where they can do it relatively safely, I would rather these queens like have a job than be sitting at home being depressed. That which, being they, said, I, which they did cover quite a bit yeah. in this episode. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I don't want Lawrence Cheney to be sitting at home depressed anymore. <laughs> I do also like the fact that Lawrence Cheney is like, yeah, I just sat around with my other, with my flat or my flatmate, my roommate, whatever. And they're also a drag queen. And I just ate and he yeah. clearly gained a lot of weight. And yeah, honestly, good for Lawrence Cheney because now I'm convinced that Lawrence Cheney will be the first plus size queen in drag race history to win. Oh, that's entirely possible. And I didn't think Lawrence Cheney would even qualify. He was like on the fence before the pandemic, but now he's clearly, and I'm not trying to fat shame at all. I think Lawrence Cheney, probably my favorite, but Bimini every single week. I'm like, oh, it might be Bimini. I didn't see this coming at all. But okay. Did Did it bother you that there's been a lot of collagen injected into people and nose and, and noses are in different places and, and, and teeth are now front and center did the physical transformation bother you whatsoever i honestly didn't notice much of it i okay. am not good at noticing that stuff but I, I i don't know to to go back to what you asked about previously i wish that there had been something else i don't know what i was looking for but it it felt like not enough of a, I don't know, not enough of a background. Like maybe I wanted to see the Queens at home or something. I mm-hmm. don't know. It was just, we're here and then we're back and we'll talk about it for a few minutes, but otherwise it's a normal episode. See, I don't, I think it's not a normal episode because did you notice that RuPaul had a different camera than everybody else? Oh, or I, they were oh just... I did think it was suspicious that 
he was wearing a wig. Yeah, or they actually shot him like from a distance, and that's why it looked different. If for like two minutes, I was convinced that RuPaul was still in the U.S., <laughs> and that's why it looked different and was like jarring. And <laughs> maybe I don't know. I'm not going to go down that rabbit hole. I don't care that much. I just think that it was noticeably different. The plexiglass between the judges was something, and probably most importantly, RuPaul's attitude has almost changed to like a 180 from Oh yeah, which joy. he addressed. I love it so much. Which was just like the first few four episodes were like I love being in the UK. This is so much better. This is fun to like fuck you I'm here during a pandemic. The world is ending. How dare you bring this H&M on my stage? I loved it. Yeah, that was a lot. I don't I don't know. I don't know if I appreciated that rant. Oh, no, I disagree. I want that every week. And that, we used to have that so much more often. Yeah, I. well, I, I have talked, I have texted you and your wife about this, but I, I feel like they're going too easy on the queens in the U.S. this year. Or like They are not reading them for things that I think they would have been read for in previous seasons. Do you think that's because Untucked is aired directly afterwards on VH1? So what, we're, we're going to get into the details then well they don't want to show too much negativity no not that there's no reason to read them because they're tearing each other apart and now we get to watch that as supplemental programming maybe it's just a thought i don't know i want to see what the judges think and i want to see the queens improve week after week and i want that to be more meaningful than just miss shell saying you need to step it up. <laughs> you need to take this farther. Like she just has these meaningless things. I am. Uh, I'm going to notice that tonight. So we're recording this on Friday before the next episode of Drag Race Classic. Do you think that of the twelve UK queens, do you think any of them will make it to All Stars? Because we have yet to see an international All Stars. Oh. That's a good question. Wait, who's been eliminated so far? It was Cherry Pot or Cherry Valentine. Well, Joe Black. Cherry Valentine. Joe Black. Ugh. <laughs> I wanted to see more of Joe Black. You're the only one. Estina Mandela. I am not the only one. Um, okay, yeah. None of them. I think, yeah, if Lawrence doesn't win, he could for sure. What oh, do you Ginny think Lemon, of uh, Ginny Lemon's walk-off? <sighs> I'm disappointed in her. Same. I, okay, party. I thought she was weird and fun, and I wanted to see more of her. I think that outfit made no sense. Mm-hmm. Like, I think she absolutely deserved to be in the bottom for that challenge. I agreed with the judges' critiques. I think it's... I was disappointed that she couldn't process the critiques. Mm-hmm. You know, she did the whole, oh, they don't understand what I'm doing thing. It's like, but no, then they, they also... They but then you just did the same thing. On the runway, Jenny's like, oh, I have a condition where I can't wear heels. Yeah. And Tamisha Iman's like literally got a colostomy bag and has never brought it up. Yeah. Like, I mean, yeah. come on. Well, Ginny, Ginny Lemon has fibromyalgia. Get the fuck out of here, Jimmy. And she did. So thank you, Ginny, for leaving. What do you think of Veronica Green? I think Veronica Green is super talented, but she is doing the same thing that Tia Coffee, or had been doing the same thing that Tia Coffee is doing, where she's constantly complaining about being underestimated which might be happening there, but we are not really seeing it to to 
enough of a degree that justifies how much they're complaining about it. Fair, fair. That's I didn't I don't agree. I didn't think of that. You're right. All right. Touche. Bimini is someone I completely underestimated during the first episode, and I might be rooting for Bimini to win at this point. Really? I cannot remember a single thing she's done. She was amazing as the co-host on that morning show with Tace. Oh, okay. She was so good. I really liked their fashion. Yeah, I I don't know. Bimini is just not sticking in my brain. I don't know Bimini why. is someone that I thought was just going to flame out because... And I, and I and I said mean things about how it looked like she was permanently in a state of non-sobriety. And oh, yeah. that was not nice of me. And Bimini looks a little bit different because she's had some injections done <laughs> since the pandemic. <laughs> Takes away nothing from her drag. I think I'm a huge Bimini fan. Clearly, this feels like Lawrence's game to lose. Am I wrong? I think you're right. Okay. Are you worried I mean, about Lawrence she's... Cheney as a human being? <sighs> Uh, what, like depression-wise? Yeah, because Lawrence is 23 but looks 33. Yeah. And that's um, not necessarily like a total insult. It, it, it's like you you look like a professional as well. Right. I might be worried if she weren't so good. Okay. Like it's, it's alarming to me that she is this professional, like this good at the age of 23. If So, you know, ordinarily a 23-year-old like giving this – being given the responsibility of being a winner and having to like hustle to turn that into a career or a long-term career. Um, I would be concerned that they wouldn't be able to do it, but it feels like Lawrence knows what the fuck he's doing. I think there've been a, I think there has been a 23 year old winner before. Well, Violet was like 21, right? Violet was really young, but I, also want to say Aquaria was really young. Oh, yes. Aquaria was 21. Aquaria was even younger than 21. Violet. Which is the youngest you could be on the show is 21. Yeah. So that's really impressive. Yeah. Now I'm looking up who Yeah, Sasha was 29, but it seems like a that's that's correct. Uh Bob was 29. That seems like a lie. Bob was a little older than that. No. Okay. Yeah, Violet was 22, so very, very close. Yes, I guess if you're, if you've figured out how to be good enough at drag that you're you're winning drag race, maybe you do have the skills to turn this into something. I, we'll see. I am glad that this show exists. My only real complaint is that they're airing them a day apart, where the pandemic has still shut a lot of things down. I wish that this never ended where they just would have sat on it until the regular season wrapped and then just plug this in for Friday nights and then plug in Canada. So there's a, every single week, there's a full week to just talk about this stuff and not forget what happened on the other show because I didn't think I would be so grateful that it's back, but I'm very grateful that it's back. Right. Like what's the best case scenario We're we're approaching normal, by the fall maybe so yeah yeah i need i need more drag race content i need this stretched out yeah yeah do you are you still on the boards as much as you as you used to be not like writing on them but just reading them oh no no i haven't i haven't i've barely checked in on uh drag race reddit for the last couple of years 
it's just too ridiculous. It's all these, God, I hope they're children, but it's just a lot of like, ah, oh, congratulations to this queen for hitting 100,000 Instagram followers. Or like, oh, this queen and this queen don't follow each other anymore. They must not be friends. Like, it's just all these idiots who think that social media is the world. Maybe I need to get into that. <laughs> that might be healthy for me. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's the way to go. Who are you rooting for? Lawrence Cheney. Yeah. Who do you think is going to be runner? Or Miss Congeniality. Ooh. Tia Coffee. Yeah. I think you're right. Uh, who, did everyone that has gone home deserve to go home? I think Joe Black's time was too soon. I think he probably wouldn't have lasted long because I don't think he... I think he probably can't like adapt to the challenges long enough to stay mm-hmm. in. Um, but I would have liked a couple more episodes out of him. I don't know. I really liked Estina. I don't. I think. I don't think it was Estina's time to go. I think. I think Ginny should have been up for elimination that week against Tia. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those are my thoughts. It's <laughs> fair. I don't remember anything about Cherry Valentine. Uh, who do you think is going to win season thirteen of Classic? Right now, Simone is probably the front runner for me. Yeah. She's been my front runner from week one. Um, but I think God Mika's got something here. Oh, oh, for sure. I don't know. Maybe now that I'm looking at this thing, maybe Olivia Lux pulls it out. It's possible. I think she's good. Yeah. She's also like, what, a year and a half into drag? Doesn't matter. I know, but I don't. I, this is this is my concern, you know. People winning too soon and then flaming out. Maybe it doesn't really happen, but it's some fear I have. Can you flame out if there's nothing to perform? Nowhere oh, to that's perform. That's a good question. Well, I mean, kind of because you. Doesn't that make it harder because you're not being put on tours, so you like yeah. really have to figure out what your career is on your own yeah and as a child that would be very hard well, or easy i don't know, they olivia, know how to do lux is, olivia lux is 26 oh okay so she's just been doing drag for a little bit of time got mick is 23 oh geez yeah but got mick was internet famous before drag that's not a good thing to me no but it just means like he knows how to he knows how to hustle and like make money on the internet. Yeah. Well, at least Joey J is gone. Oh God, Joey J, so so dumb, <laughs> so sweet, so dumb. Uh, thanks for uh, talking about this with me. Oh, I'm happy to. Yeah, I wish. I wish. Uh, I was gonna say I wish I lived in the UK, but I don't really wish that right now. No, but I do wish we could watch this together. <laughs> One day. One day we'll go to a, we'll go to a gay bar. Even just or yeah, I mean I I I heard you say that's not a podcast with Lisa, but yeah, even even just hanging out in a living room. <laughs> just something with a roof over our heads. Yeah. Yeah. Well, go Lawrence Cheney. I'm rooting for you. And if you don't win, I really hope it's Ellie Diamond, simply because I like when the brokest person wins. And if not. Bimini's awesome, and I'm liking Taste more and more. It's a good cast. There's more people in this cast that I like in the U.S. cast, and I like the U.S. cast. It's just, I don't know, these these uh, 
These small town queens are doing it for me. <laughs> They're a really fun cast. You, Me, Them, Everybody is made by me, Brandon Weatherby. Our theme music is by Daniel Knox. Our art is by Jillian Ron. You can hear all 13 years of shows at you, me, them, everybody.com. If you're listening to this in Spotify or on iTunes, the last year of episodes are available uh, with some sprinklings of the other ones. If you want the rest of the catalog, which features over 700 episodes, you, me, them, everybody.com. Our Patreon page is on our about page. It's all there. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, all that good stuff. At sign YMTE. Thanks for listening. I'll hug the places that you've been sleeping, friends and family.